You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a dreary Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for tuning in to the show this afternoon. Coming to you live from the stately Smith Manor Studios. Baird Marcus back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. The miracles of modern technology so we get started here on Fan Run. Bear, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Uh, doing pretty good. It's a dreary, uh, dreary downtown day, Russ. The sky is charcoal gray. Yes. Let us hope it is not a foreboding deal about uh, basketball tonight as Tennessee's back in action. Trying to get the taste out of their mouths after the disaster at Thompson Bowling on Saturday against Kentucky. Uh, let's hope there's no... What did... The caller Willie infamously called a couple of years ago the dump at the hump. Yeah, well, that's what I was just getting ready to say. Um, I hope that we don't, don't want to take a, of that. Yeah, we don't want to take another dump at the hump. No. How about a romp at the hump tonight? A, a nice romp would be good. A nice twenty-point beat down. Or like uh, six and a half points when I saw the line earlier today. This is a team that Tennessee beat by about thirty a couple of weeks ago in Knoxville. Always a little bit more difficult when you go on the road, and we'll see what this team's made of and the you know where its psyche and confidence is at this evening against a Mississippi State team that I don't think is very good. They a little fool's gold start for those guys. They started off like eleven and zero or something, and I think they are one and five in conference play. Yeah, they didn't they didn't play the toughest of no. schedules to open the season. But with that being said, Russell. It is an SEC road basketball game, and none of these places in the Southeastern Conference are easy to win at on the road. Well, after what happened Saturday, I don't think Tennessee's coaches, players, or fans, quite frankly, should take any opponent in this league lightly. Mm -mm. So just buckle up. We got whatever it is, about 12 more games, SEC games, and and they're all going to be difficult in their own way, each and every one of them. So... Uh, we'll have voluntary reaction for you tonight after the game on Twitter Spaces. That will probably start around 9 with a 7 o'clock tip. I just realized, Bear. What's we that? Are, we're in big trouble tonight. Why? This just hit me. I've got uh, kids' basketball practice at 7. At 7? What time's yeah. the game? 7. Uh, And you're coaching, correct? Yes. Well, Davey Hudson has COVID. He's out. He's out hurt tonight. Yeah, I guess that uh, I, I better be on my A game tonight. Then is what it sounds like to me, Russ. I mean, I I can jump in and and fly blind. I'll be back by nine. I just won't, you know, have watched most of the game. We can do it. We'll make it work. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll be here for you. Yeah. Maybe one of our fan ran brethren will uh, pitch in and help out. Okay. Crickets chirping on that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Marcus. Marcus Young, how are you doing, my boy? I'm doing well, Russell. How about you? Doing very well. Uh, have had a hectic day, to say the least here. Just, uh, we, we've been dealing with a plumbing situation that uh, I thought was going to be a very easy fix, but 
turned out to be a lot more difficult because of some previously shoddy plumbing work that had been done at Stately Smith Manor, uh, combined with just the fact that the house is old. And um, so, like, you know, it was one thing led to another, which led to another, and uh, the plumber is literally walking out the door. Shout out to the fine folks at Clifton Plumbing was uh, pleased with the work they did. Give it give a little shout out for free there. But uh, literally, uh, the guy's just walking out the door as we take to the airway today. So Tried to tell you yesterday, there's no such thing as a quick plumbing fix or an easy plumbing fix. No. No. I had uh, that, that little pin that starts the shower. So here's what happened. Yesterday, I'm, I'm taking my shower, and uh, you turn on the faucet. And you pull up the little pin there. It's not mm-hmm. a it's not a fancy smanchy shower. I, I'm basic tub, basic shower. It's old faucet. Pull up on the little pin to to get the shower cranking, and the pin just comes straight out. Just comes straight off in my hand. I'm sitting there holding the pin, like, well, what do I do with this? And the shower's going, like it started. And I'm kind of worried that if I turn it off, I won't be able to get it going again. Like it looks like it's fine, so I just get in and take my shower five minutes or so, get out, drying off, and um, getting dressed. And all of a sudden, I hear my wife downstairs talking about, we got a leak. We got a leak. It's dripping downstairs. I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? So the guy came in. He, we got a new faucet. And then there was something with the uh, the water pressure, which is no good, right? You got to have some water pressure. I mean, Come on, it's the 21st century, right? You got to get in that shower and have enough pressure to peel the skin off, right? I mean, I can't be just sitting there getting trickled on. Yeah, I figured you'd get the uh, shower head like Kramer did. The Kramer, the elephant the, special. Yeah, the one they used to watch the elephants at the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm not skimping. Huh? I'm, I'm pretty cheap. I ain't skimping on water pressure at Stately Smith Manor. Don't blame you. But uh, he had, like, the guy got here, he had to go back out and get something, and I was supposed to meet up with the fine folks at GNJ, and now Jeff probably thinks I'm ducking him or something. So, anyway, long, long and short of it is, you're lucky to have me, lucky to be here this afternoon. What does Cody McClure say, lucky to be anywhere? No, good to be here, good to be anywhere. That's what he says. It's good to be here with you this afternoon, getting ready for another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. We got Adam Sparks coming up here in just a few minutes. Boy, he he's like kicked the beehive or kicked whatever, the hornet's, the hornet's nest. nest. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. I don't know if, if he did, if somebody else writes the headline. We can ask him about it, but we, we hit on this briefly yesterday. So uh, Adam wrote an article yesterday for the New Sentinel that – was talking about the wide receiver rotation or lack thereof in Josh Heupel's offense. And the title of the article and the tweet that accompanied it on uh, social media was, it said that Tennessee fans worry that Josh Heupel mismanages his wide receivers. Okay. That's not verbatim, but the word mismanage was in there and it was, it was glaring and people got angry and no, no, you don't worry about anything and all this, that, and the other. And like, if you read the article, it's, you know, he's, he is addressing something that we've talked about before, but uh, we'll get him on there and see if we can't clear the air here this afternoon because that's what you want to do whenever you have a kerfluffle, right? You want to have a meeting of the minds, a sit-down. You clear the air. 
100%. So we'll do that with Adam Sparks coming up here just a little bit. Also get his thoughts on the tight end job opening on Tennessee's staff and uh, where where things head next for Josh Heupel. Can you believe? I mean, time flies so fast. We've been two years in the books. Heupel feels like just yesterday. It was being announced that he was getting the job, and we were all pissed off about it. <laughs> we were, weren't we? How when is it today? The two-year anniversary? Uh, it might be. I don't know. I mean, it's roughly two years. I think it's around this time. Yep. Two years of the hype, Daddy. Yeah. Boy, were we stupid. Incredibly dumb, as we are prone to be from time to time. Now, to, to be fair, I wasn't outraged about the hypo hiring. I was a little bit mystified. It was not a sexy hire. I was not blown away. It was not like, oh, great, we've got Josh Hypo. It was kind of like, man, I guess this is where we're at. You know, it was like, I, I guess this is the best we can hope to do when our program is a literal dumpster fire with the NCAA investigation and three and seven and we don't have any players and everything that was going on is just like, man, it, it was it was disappointing. It wasn't mad at Heupel, wasn't necessarily mad at Danny White, it was just depressed. Yeah, we were or we had fallen. Yeah. We were in a we were in a pretty bad space, Russ. Russell, I have the exact date if you would like to hear it. Sure. Heupel was named the 27th head coach at Tennessee on January 27th. So next Friday will be the two-year anniversary. That's all a blur to me. If I told you on that day when when three and out were just burning it down, maybe I'm misremembering this. Let me know if I am, but I seem to remember them being in a particularly (laughs) dark place. I don't when, when Heupel was brought in. I don't really remember it. I I seem to they were team Jamie Chadwell all the way. Oh, three and so, out. Yeah. That was that that was a bitter pill for them to swallow a little bit. But um nevertheless, if I could go back in time, if I could turn back time, who sung that? Was that Tina Turner? No, that Cher? was uh Cher, I believe. Yeah. If I could turn back time and tell you that in two years you'd be coming off an Orange Bowl win over Clemson, you'd have laughed at me. Hell, I would have laughed at you back in August if you told me that. I mean, the last time we'd seen Tennessee, they were getting uh, just bent over a barrel by Perdon't. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. How far we've come. And yet, how far we have to go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk Tennessee football with Adam Sparks of your new Sentinel coming up here in just a few moments. We've got the divisional round of the NFL playoffs set to commence. And uh, that's 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 exciting stuff. We've got the three finalists for the Titans GM job. Marcus will have that for us, I'm sure, as we move along. We've got a new coach over at Webb. Shout out to uh, Don Mahoney. Wasn't he in Police Academy? Uh, Mahoney. There was a character named Mahoney. So that kind of surprised me. Big Don Mahoney getting the web job. Former Tennessee offensive line coach over over Butch. He was one of those guys that Butch ran off, and then we got worse at that position, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure his his son played it Catholic. And I want to say Mahoney may have coached at Catholic as well. I think he did. Don that, Mahoney. That's, you talk about, uh, that, that's going across the street a little bit. That's like going from Alabama to Auburn. Yeah, or Tennessee to Florida. Say something nice to Don Mahoney. Wish him well, Bear. This is a high school football coach hire, man. we got to support our community. Play us, you coward. Wow. Wow. That was nice. Sorry. It's it's web Catholic, man. Boy, the uh, Cowboys last night, that that game was the least entertaining um, playoff game of the weekend by far, and yet I could not look away. Just wanted to see the Cowboys kicker continue to miss kicks. That was incredible last night. Yeah, he was he was lucky they were playing the Buccaneers if that had been he does that again. You do, that's the kind of thing you do that in the playoffs, you're getting beat. They were just oh, playing man. That when it was garbage over the hill quarterback in that raggedy team he plays for. When it was twenty four nothing and the Bucks scored their first touchdown, I'm not a huge Bucks fan, not a huge Brady fan. He's grown on me through the years, but I was hardcore pulling for the chaos how awesome would that have been if they were able to get the three touchdowns and two-point conversions go to overtime and win all because the kicker could not make an extra point missing three in a row to start the game it was incredible i give credit to the cowboys we give credit where credit's due a lot of us did not think they were going to be able to do it a lot of us put money on the buccaneers on the money line and the Cowboys went out there and dominated that game. Yeah, I didn't. I, once they got out ahead of them, and it looked, you know, pretty much looked like the Buccaneers were ready for the offseason, I, I cut it off. I can't stand either one of those teams, Russell. And now Tom Brady ventures off. Certainly, if you watched his press conference after the game last night, looked like a guy who had played his final downs in Tampa. I can't imagine the market for Tom Brady is – I guess it, you need a quarterback, and there are always teams that need quarterbacks. You could do a lot worse than than Tom Brady, but this is not the Tom Brady of even two years ago. I mean, there's definitely a drop-off, and I don't think you can just blame it on his teammates. He was flat-out missing guys last night, and he looks a little bit slow to deliver the ball. I mean, he's never been fleet of foot, but you know, holding it for a while back there – um, I, I know that I, if, if you're asking me as a Titans fan, do I want Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady next year? I mean, that's no question at all. You want Tannehill, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, Brady finally, I mean, he had been looking like Father Tom was catching up with him. He really, really looked like it this year. Yeah, just never I mean, if, could. I mean, if, if, that, if, if that guy's name's not Tom Brady – uh, he ain't getting a job anywhere else. You know Never it not. could get it going for any extended period of time with the Bucks this year. So we got a lot to discuss here this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick time out. When we continue, Adam Sparks of Go Vols Extra, your Knoxville News Sentinel, USA Today, joins the festivities. We'll talk Tennessee football with him coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio.
Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear and Marcus cruising with you on a Tuesday afternoon edition of the show. We're pleased to be joined right now on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines by Adam Sparks of KnoxNews.com, your Knoxville News Sentinel. Good afternoon, Adam. How are you, sir? Real good. How y'all doing? Hey, doing spectacularly. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on the show. Adam, were you uh, surprised the your piece, your recent piece about the wide receiver rotation generated a lot of reaction on the social media landscape uh no not really um i, I mean I, I i can see why people get upset somewhat uh the, the i think it's one of those things where people are reading a headline quickly and maybe read the first half of the headline make their mind up and don't read the second part of the headline uh if, if you didn't see it the, the headline of a story knox news was uh, Tennessee fans worry Josh Hopple is mismanaging Tennessee's wide receivers, but they shouldn't. And that second part, they shouldn't, they shouldn't worry, is uh, is really the crux of the story. Um, so, so what it came from is uh, we have a we have a text group uh, Knox News does, and I get a number of questions of uh, Tennessee fans concerned that. Uh, you know, the, the wide receiver rotation needs to be stretched out more. Josh Hopple typically only uses three wide receivers at a time in the base offense. He just doesn't substitute, obviously, for tempo and for other reasons. And after three receivers went into the transfer portal, Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy Holiday, and, and especially Walker Merrill, um, you know, some fans have gotten upset that, you know, they're leaving. They wouldn't leave if they if there was more playing time, if, if Josh Hopple would substitute more. So I got a number of questions in our in our text group. I got some emails along the same lines. I got other text messages and people in person and, uh, you know, just people curious or concerned about that. So I wrote a story basically um, arguing in in favor of Josh Hopple's way that he, he doesn't substitute wide receivers and, and uh, why the way he does it works and why it's better, and then addressing some misconceptions about it. Um, and so – um, you know, people people looked at that headline and said, you know, nobody's worried about it. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And of course, the story was arguing, correct. There is nothing wrong with it. Uh, but I, I did find some some maybe some of the misconceptions that jumped out to me mostly that Tennessee fans had was that uh, the fourth and fifth receivers, the the guys beyond the first three, don't play much. I actually looked back at the snaps from uh, all offensive snaps from all the wide receivers. In the, in the conference, and Tennessee's fourth and fifth wide receivers actually get more snaps than almost any any team in the SEC. Um, they don't they don't sub necessarily, uh, you know, within games as much. But Tennessee plays uh, has so many offensive snaps that they that other guys get a chance to get on the field late in games and blow out uh, when they have injuries. A guy comes in and racks up a lot of snaps at one time. And so, if you're a backup wide receiver at Tennessee, you actually get a chance to play quite a bit. It's a, it's a misconception. People think that they, they actually uh, never play. So, th- that was the crux of the story. People got upset about it. Some did. Um, but from subscribers, I've actually gotten a whole lot of positive feedback about it. And, of course, those are the ones that – this was a subscriber-only story, so those are the ones that read the story besides just the, besides just the headlines. Yeah, I think the word mismanage. Kind of like jumps out at a lot of people, but I mean, like, I, you know, your article, like you said, it, it's a conversation we've been having here on on our show for a long time. It's like Tennessee just doesn't rotate 
wide receivers much. I guess the the conversation about like the fourth and fifth wide receivers, my question to that would be like, how do you define who the fourth and fifth receiver is? Because like coming into the year, the fourth receiver would have been Ramel Keaton, right? But you also kind of have to consider him a starter because he ended up playing that position more than Tillman did. Yeah, coming into the season, Ramel Keaton was. Um, by the end of the season, uh, you could say Cedric Tillman was in terms of snaps. Uh, so, you know, if you say, hey, the, the, the fourth wide receiver doesn't get a chance, gets lost in the shuffle, well, if you look at Josh Apple's two seasons, uh, the fourth wide receiver his first season in terms of offensive snaps was Jalen Hyatt. Now, he started a game early on. He played more late in the season. But in terms of snaps, Jalen Hyatt was the fourth wide receiver in 2021. Well, a year later, he wins the Bolitnikoff. So that, that, that turned out well. Um, the, the number four wide receiver this year, as you mentioned at the start of the season, uh, was Ramel Keaton. By the end of the year, it was Cedric Tillman. Uh, Ramel Keaton ended up getting uh, hundreds and hundreds of snaps and ended up getting a ton of catches and started seven games by the end of the year. The, the history says if you're the fourth wide receiver going into the season or at any point of the season, because injuries are going to occur at some point, you're going to have to actually end up being one of the focal points of the offense. And so, you know, the takeaway is just because you're fourth, that doesn't mean you're going to remain fourth. Um, you know, when Josh Hopple is questioned, and I know there's some negative recruiting on this, that, hey, if you don't start at Tennessee at wide receiver, you're not going to play. He can easily point back and say, my fourth guy won the Bolitnikoff the next year. My fourth guy the year after that ended up, uh, you know, starting half the season and being a key, key uh, position in the, uh, in the Orange Bowl. So it, it, it sort of takes care of itself if you're patient. Yeah, I guess the bottom line at, at the end of the day, Adam, number one offense – in the country, number one in total offense, I don't see Josh Heupel changing. And, you know, you've got another situation coming up next season where the three starters that started the Orange Bowl all return, and you're bringing in a talented transfer in Deonda, uh, Dante Thornton. And I don't think he's coming here to ride the pine very much, Adam. So Josh Heupel's going to have a dilemma there as far as who starts out the season. Um, like you mentioned, Injuries are a part of the game, more so than ever. Chances are all four of those guys are going to have plenty of snaps, plenty of opportunities, but it is going to be a competitive situation. And I think the thing that bothers fans, Adam, is when you see these guys, everybody has high hopes for all these receivers when they sign with Tennessee. You know, Walker Merrill and both the Jimmies were um, – everybody thought these guys were, were going to start and, and be good players. But at the end of the day, if you're only playing – three guys at a time, it's going to be hard to break into this rotation and disappointment is going to be built into it in the day and age of the transfer portal when people can just leave without really thinking twice about it. Yeah, and I think in in the era of the portal, I think you have to be somewhat practical or sensible and look at it from the player's perspective. Um, Jimmy Callaway had... I don't know if worn out is welcome is the right phrase, but he, he, he had gotten in the doghouse at times and was just never going to break through. He needed to change his scenery. He needed to go somewhere else because he wasn't going to play much here. He'd already been surpassed by enough people. Uh, Jimmy Holiday, I think he was a little bit of a project because he was a high school quarterback that they moved to wide receiver. He was serviceable, but, again, he was a guy that – was at a level higher than he needed to go. Callaway went to Louisville. He could have a chance there. 
Um, Holiday went to Western Kentucky. That's the perfect uh, level for him, a mid-major level. And uh, and Walker Merrill stepped down, I guess, a half a notch, went to Wake Forest. You know, Walker Merrill would be a little bit of a coin flip. On one hand, you could say uh, in the slot, Squirrel White passed him, and in uh, and Ramel Keaton passed him on, at, at the outside receiver when there were injuries. Um, he could have worked back into it, or he could have been that fourth guy at some point. Um, but he's probably going to get on the field quicker and and more at Wake Forest, and so it, it's a sensible move for him. Yeah, I think going into the you going going into the spring practice, Ramel Keaton's going to be the starter. Now, whether Thornton passes him or not, you could have a situation like you did Brew McCoy this past year. Because Brew McCoy was not a starter uh, when he got to Tennessee. Uh, Walker Merrill was ahead of him. Keaton was ahead of him. And he had to sort of earn that spot. If Thornton is what they think he's going to be, then he's, he's probably going to start by the time we get to the season. But uh, that, that's not a guarantee. And they know Keaton can do it. And if you're Ramel Keaton, you look back at the last two years, and even if you're the fourth or fifth guy, uh, you're going to end up playing a whole lot just because of injuries and things like that. And so uh, I think Ramel Keaton is pretty uh, you know, comfortable, content in his role as being, at, at worst, the fourth guy because that, that's shown that he's going to play a lot. Talking with Adam Sparks of your Knoxville News Sentinel at KnoxNews.com. And, Adam, it, it's kind of the same thing with quarterback right now. You see Taven Jackson hit the portal. He's going to Indiana and – You've got this. It's I won't call it a double-edged sword because you get a chance to recruit a player like Nico Amalaba. You're going to do it all day long. And but the the flip side of that, Adam, is it's going to be hard to recruit other quarterbacks. In two seasons of Josh Heupel football, we've seen the starting quarterback get hurt both seasons. Um, Tennessee's got to be. You know, it, it's interesting because you want to be able to run Joe Milton and you know throw the whole bag of tricks at opposing defenses but you also have to be wary of the fact that it looks like your backup quarterback this year is going to be a true freshman and behind that you might not have another scholarship guy if you can't find anything in the transfer portal that's kind of a precarious position to be in at the most important position on the field isn't it yeah i mean i think it's it's guaranteed it's certain that they're going to get a third scholarship quarterback now whether they do that in the last couple of days of the portal now or that i could easily see them waiting till the portal reopens for players in may um when guys are going to sort of have their last chance to to land somewhere somewhere they're going to have to sign somebody they're not going to go into the season with two scholarship quarterbacks they they barely survived this last one with three and so they're going to get somebody. Now, who that is and what level talent that is, uh, you know, Tennessee has to sort of thread the needle in, in, in selling their program or the opportunity to, to potential players in the portal at, at, at quarterback because you look, a player looking at it is going to say, well, Joe Milton's their starter, so I'm not going to go there to start. Uh, and if they're a young player, they're going to say, well, this five-star Nico is going to be their starter soon. Um, so he's the future, so I'm not the future and I'm not the present. Why am I going there? You sort of have to find somebody that can be content in a in a backup role. Uh, you know, that, that may be somebody that wants to coach one day that's an older player, maybe a player that, that just wants to come to Tennessee but has been, you know, a veteran backup somewhere else. Um, could go into the mid-majors and find somebody. It, it, it's not going to be easy, Um but I think they're going to have to get somebody. Maybe you look at junior colleges. 
I, I don't know, but I, I do think they're going to get somebody. Maybe the the small blessing in disguise for Tennessee is that Taven Jackson went into the portal now as opposed to later. I thought it was almost certain he was going to go into the portal, if not now, then more likely in May after spring practice, b- b- because he could see the writing on the wall that Nico's the future and he was going to go somewhere else. If you if if he waited till May, you would wait. You would waste all those reps that he got in spring practice. You would waste time of trying to evaluate other quarterbacks. And and now at least you have a full off season to try to figure out who that third quarterback is. What about? The first one. Did you see enough out of Joe Milton at the end of the year, Adam, to make you believe that he can be the guy throughout the next season? Or do you think that Nico Iamaleava, that we'll eventually see him play significant snaps as a true freshman? Well, I mean, I think some of it depends on Josh Hopple and how how confident and how much rope he thinks the Tennessee fan base has given him. I mean, he's on cloud nine right now, and it'd be you'd be hard-pressed to find a Tennessee fan that would say they don't believe in whatever Hopple does. Um, he And I, I say that to say he can afford to put a true freshman out there and let him work through some things and develop and lose a couple of games and be forgiven of it. But I, I don't think Josh Hopple looking right now at those two options, Nico and, and Joe Milton, uh, think that, that Nico would be ready to play as a true freshman in the SEC. I mean, he's an immense talent, obviously. Um, but you got to learn the offense. you got to be able to run it efficiently. That's the biggest thing with Josh Hopple. His offense has to go fast. If you can't run it fast, he's not going to put you on the field. Um, and so the fact that Nico is you know, a really great athlete and has great arm strength and all that, that's, that's part of it, but that's not going to get him out there. Uh, Joe Milton can run the offense efficiently. He knows it. He knows where the ball is supposed to go. We saw in the Orange Bowl that the offense can function with him out there and do what it needs to do. And so uh, Joe Milton, I mean, at this point, I I have to think he's going to get the first chance when we get to the 2023 season. Whether or not he remains that guy probably depends on, you know, how how he does in the swamp in that early game, how he does in the early SEC games, and whether or not he he sort of goes up another level. Uh, He was serviceable at times. Uh, in these first couple of seasons, he'll need to show that he's in, improved and, you know, able to be a weapon and not just a guy that fills that spot. And, and he certainly looked like a weapon, I think, a lot more in the second season. Adam Sparks taking a few with us this afternoon. Adam, have you heard anything? You have a staff opening there at the tight ends job. It's not exactly a head coaching search or even a coordinator search, but uh, get you a, a chance to keep your chops fresh and covering a coaching search. What do you know about? Tennessee's next tight ends coach? Uh, not, not really a lot. I mean, I, I've heard some names been thrown out, but this, the thing with the tight ends coach is it can be filled by a lot of different people. So when the offensive coordinator job was, was seemingly open, you know, you could kind of look at like five or six names uh, that, that, that made sense. And cer- certainly Joey Halsley was one of them who got the job. Um, at tight ends coach, you can – you can be coaching linebackers somewhere and come and coach tight ends. Uh, you can be coaching running backs and come coach tight ends. It, you can. It's not. It's not the hardest position. It's. 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 It's certainly important, but it's not the hardest position to transition into. Um, so it sort of leaves the door open for a lot of different people. I, I think Josh Hopple is probably going to prioritize recruiting more than anything. If you go and find a top-notch recruiter. And then after that, see if they can coach tight ends. 
um, I, I think that's probably the, the way that he's going to go. All right, we'll keep our eyes on that one. Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel. Adam, anything else, uh, storylines you're following, interested in as we move into the offseason with spring practice just around the corner? Yeah, the, the portal is officially closing to players tomorrow. Um, that's the last day that they can go in. Teams can still pick up players, but no more can go in. And so, I mean, that's the obvious thing. I, I think I'm just looking to see if Tennessee adds anybody late uh i know there's a couple defensive backs they've looked at and so they've got what uh you know 36 hours before it closes they could add them after that but i i I suspect they're going to add them you know now if they're going to add them at all because classes are about to start feels like the past two years they've had guys both go in and come in from the portal after spring practice correct Yes, and, and it'll be open May 1st to May 15th this year. That's the new rule. Uh, you can't go into the portal anytime. It'll close up tomorrow for players. It'll open May 1st, but it'll only be open for two weeks then. So that rule was put in. Those those uh, portal periods were put in so that coaches don't have to sort of sit on pins and needles throughout the whole year worrying that they're, they could lose their guys. They can only lose their guys for a short period of time, and after tomorrow, that next time is after spring practice. All right, Adam, we appreciate your time. As always, my friend, thanks for jumping on. We'll be following your work at knoxnews.com. All right, y'all, y'all have a good one. You too, Adam Sparks. He's at Adam Sparks on Twitter, of course, knoxnews.com, where you can go and uh, read his work online. It, um, interesting stuff with Tennessee football wrapping up portal season for the time being. We have the uh, second, I guess we call it the summer transfer window. Uh, to borrow a soccer term coming up here after spring practice. But we'll unpack that when we continue. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Quick timeout. We're back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, that tomorrow, I didn't realize tomorrow is the deadline for entering the portal. And I guess I never really thought about it, but like the guys that are in the portal, you can continue to pick up. But there's no more. I, I'd, I'd totally forgotten that the portal was ending the open period tomorrow. That and... I mean, reading comprehension is everything uh, in regards to headlines and stuff. So, because what he's saying makes total sense about the that whole wide receiver thing about his article. Yeah, I just don't, I, I think the word mismanaged jumped out at people, and I I, <laughs> I don't think people worry that much about it. I, I think again, like people hate seeing these guys leave, right? You, you mm-hmm. sign a Walker Merrill, uh, Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy um, coaching shorts, Jimmy. Uh, holiday you expect them to play you think all these guys are going to turn out to be good and then when they leave and we didn't really get to see that's the other thing it's like walker merrill i always thought man like he's pretty good like i i could see him if he had to start and play a full game i bet he's productive i I bet he catches balls but he does just never really got that opportunity and like it's nobody's fault like josh heupel had better players and and he's going to play the the best players, the guys that give him the best chance to win. 
and you went out there and recruited Dante Thornton. So, I mean, that tells you that he wanted more out of that position. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'm not going to – I mean, it's just the way the business is now. I mean, it's the state of college football. So – I wish we'd get that cutthroat on the de- uh, the defensive secondary as we are at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of that. I guess there just aren't that many intriguing options out there anymore. Hmm. If you're a good defensive back, you're probably not going in the portal because you're probably playing somewhere because good defensive backs – are hard to come by because everybody wants to play offense. So if you're if you're a really fast guy with good hands, guess what? You're probably playing wide receiver. I mean, does that not make sense? Like that's why we, we have all these good wide receivers. They're good wide receivers to get out of the portal every year. There's not really many good defensive backs. No. Like last are... year, everybody made a big deal out of Eli Ricks leaving LSU to go to Alabama. And he didn't even play this year at Alabama. No. I feel like somebody else from Georgia just – oh, uh, Georgia had a receiver jump in the portal overnight. What happened to that defensive back, that five-star that jumped in? We ever heard anything more about him? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I'll double-check, though. But, yeah, one of their uh, one of the receivers, he, he wasn't super productive for them this year, but he did – Catch a big, a big pass in. I want to say it was a semifinal game against Ohio State. Nico Ayamaleava has ascended to the number one position in on three recruiting rankings. He's the number one player in the country for the class of twenty twenty three. How does that strike you, Bear? Uh. A good, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. It, you know. But recruiting rankings, I mean, proof is in the pudding. We'll see what he does on the field here. Uh, with that being said, um, Nathan Leacock also got upgraded, and he actually ended up ranked higher than Carnell Tate. Really? Yeah. He's top 50 now. Interesting. I forgot. I did see that on Twitter. Uh, it looks like Singletary is the quarterback we're talking about. It looks like he is still within reach, including still out there, huh? Including a Sports Illustrated article a couple hours ago saying that Tennessee should be the one of the teams to pursue him. I mean, <laughs> the need is there. It's glaring, right? I'm sure Hypel and the, and the staff will. We'll do the due diligence. I got faith in him, Russell. I certainly have faith on the on the offensive side. You saying you don't have faith on the defensive side? I'm saying it's incomplete. It's question mark. It's floating out there. I'm I'm saying the defense hasn't been good the first two years. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Pass defense has not been good. The pat the first two years run defense took a step in the right direction they may get some pressure on the quarterbacks and everything but the secondary play has been not good and uh, you know hate to beat the dead horse here but 
it was just a glaring need. And I think a lot of people were hoping they would find somebody to come in at both corner and safety to play immediately and start much like the Peely kid. We all project him to be a starting linebacker Mm -hmm. this season, just a plug and play guy right away. And I thought that we would see some of that in the secondary and I will just go ahead and I know people don't like to do this in sports radio. We don't like to give the benefit of the doubt. We don't like to give grace. We want the hot take immediately, but I'll just go ahead and assume that they haven't found anything in the portal that they feel is better than what they've already got. Yeah. I mean, that's the most likely explanation for it. I'm going to, I, I will, um, I, hey man, we just went 11 and two. I'm not going to get on here and, and question too much. Just like I'm not going to question too much about the basketball situation tonight, Bear. Me either. I'm hey, going and, to assume uh, that we come out and handle business tonight in Stark Vegas. I'm going to assume that Tennessee does what they need to do. I don't expect it to be pretty. I hope it's pretty. I don't expect it to be. If it is, great. I just if want a not, dub. Just get the W. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just do what you did at, at Ole Miss. Just go in there, grind it out, fight. That's what I want to see. It is some fight, man. I thought these. I thought this team was tough. I thought they were a bunch of tough guys. We kind of got punked by our arch nemesis, our arch, arch nemeses on our home court the other night. Broke our long home court winning streak. We got punked, man. I thought we were a bunch of tough guys. I thought we were the bullies. Not fun when you're the bully, you get punched in the nose. No, it's not. Hey, shout out to Brian on Twitter. It's Dominic Blaylock is a Georgia wide receiver that hit the portal. Former five-star, if I'm not mistaken. He played a decent bit for them, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm sure Georgia's real tore up about it, too. I mean, just – they're like, they really have replaced Alabama, haven't they? Just overflowing with five stars, don't have enough plays, enough minutes to go around. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's who the portal, you know, should. It's just another thing that hopefully will level the playing field a little bit and your Georgia's, Clemson's, and Alabama's, and Ohio State's won't be able to just stockpile all the five stars and all the top end talent. Brian on Twitter says the point Adam Sparks was missing was that the fan base wasn't complaining about the rotation. Who was beating the table for Hyatt and Brew to sit for Nimrod or the Jimmies? Yeah, I do agree with that. Like, I don't, I hadn't seen that anywhere. Well, again, like, I, I think there's, we, we want to be mad about something on social media, right? So there, there's some of that. I, I do think that um, whether it's Adam or the editors at the Sentinel, like I, I think the, again, it's just, and it, I, I'm struggling to express the sentiment right now. So it, it's a hard thing to do, but it, it's something we talked about, right? We don't what, rotate wide receivers much, but it's not a problem. And I, I think everybody's right here. Yeah, I mean the other thing, I, and I can't remember if it was you or or Adam that said it, but and it's very similar to 
uh, Rick Barnes, you aren't going to see the floor with, uh, um, on the basketball team unless Barnes is completely comfortable that you're ready to go and he trusts you defensively. And I, like I said, I, I can't remember which one of you guys said it. If Heupel doesn't think that you can go at that warp speed that he likes to run his offense at, mm. you're not going to get on the field. That's true. Heupel it likes his warp speed offense the way Rick Barnes likes his man-to-man defense. Yeah. Consistent. It's and non-negotiable. There's, and there's probably something that, you know, if, if we sat and thought about it with, like, Coach Vitello. You know, most really hyper-successful coaches like the three that we have. If, if you aren't doing everything they want, you aren't going to get on the field. You know, I mean, that's just part of being on a team that's top ten, top five. You know, teams like that, you've got to bring your A game every single day, every single play, every at-bat, every series, you know, every possession in basketball, so – Milf Manor is off and running. Marcus and I did watch the first episode. Bear, have you watched the first episode of Milf Manor? I am not going to watch any of it. I think you're it's... not taking this ride with us. No, it's it's disgusting. I have so many thoughts, Russell. It's just to me, it's it's creepy, and I, oh, I it's trash. It's absolute trash. I mean, it, it makes the car, keeping up with the Kardashians look like masterpiece theater, dude. Well, I mean, you you haven't watched it. Let's not let's not paint with too broad a brush. And I haven't watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, so I can only assume. Marcus, what stood out to you about episode one of Milf Manor? Of course, we were correct in assuming that it is their sons. Yeah. All, the, all the all the MILFs, their sons are there, and they will be uh, dating. Yeah, I think the things that stood out to me is that, uh, is it Freud, right, who the whole mother-son relationship thing, he would be having a field day with this show. Uh, the fact that their first challenge, they had to be blindfolded and pick out their son based on their uh, bare chest. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Um the fact that they have to room with their sons is weird. Um, and one of them, I think her name was Kelly, straight off the bat, trying to use those bedrooms for nefarious reasons. First night. Yeah. Son had to uh, step in and say, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting with my mom on the first <laughs> night of this trash reality TV show. I know it's trash. I know you probably will get with my mom at some point, but come on, dude. Like the first night, really? It's just trash. I'm glad you two idiots are so entertained by this. It's Whoa. like a train wreck. It's like you know you you can't you shouldn't watch it, but you can't help it. Yeah, you can. You just choose not to watch it like I did. Oh, also, Russell, what did you think about uh the weirdly highlighted one of the guys being in defeat. They really highlighted that, didn't they? Yeah, he. that was a little weird. That was a little weird. He's just like, hi, I'm foot guy. <laughs> Here's this half-naked woman, and all I can think about is I want her feet in my mouth. Yeah, he, that was all right. very specific. All was, right. 
couple. Stay with us. The drive continues. You better be, get comfortable with this bear. We are taking this ride Never. to the the end, whatever the end is, whatever the conclusion is, the train wreck-like conclusion of Milf Manor. We will be there monitoring it for you here on the drive. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up. Marcus has your top four at four. We're back with more right after this.